So, the big question is this. How are ambitious people like us, who don't have a lot of resources, did not go to Ivy League colleges, were not born into wealth, how do we become resourceful enough? Use our creativity, our dedication, and a little bit of crazy to bootstrap our way to realizing our dreams. Whether it is launching a new company, launching a new app, or making it to the top of the corporate ladder. That is the question. And this podcast will give you the answers. Please like, share, and subscribe to get new episodes, videos, and other updates. Welcome to another episode of Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. I'm your host, Manu Jagarwal. And today we have Bruce Borenstein, an entrepreneur, an author, and we'll be talking about some common sense selling and how it is more effective than formula selling. So welcome, Bruce. Thank you, Manoj. We are excited to have you. Uh, So as I said, Bruce is an accomplished entrepreneur, businessman, leader, and an experienced CEO and president. Uh, He has tons of expertise in sales and marketing, and uh, he has graciously consented uh, for this interview and sharing all his knowledge and uh, experience with us. Um, all right, so let's get started. Uh, Bruce, um, can you first uh, let us know a little bit about yourself, your background and experience so that uh, you know our, our audience can get to know you better? Sure, I'd be happy to, uh, Manoj. Uh, so I've been in the, uh, in the business of selling uh, since uh, 1974. Wow. Uh, thank you for saying I, I, I don't look quite that old. Um, but uh, I actually uh, started out as being a, uh, a manufacturer's rep uh, in the uh, consumer electronics uh, business um, and really uh, got involved in that as a uh, I was kind of a uh, hi-fi enthusiast and uh, thought that, uh, well, you know, I like to talk to people and I think I can sell something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I started out by writing uh, a lot of letters to uh, some of the manufacturers whose addresses I got out of a uh, high five magazine. Oh, okay. And I think I sent out about 50 letters and I got all of one response. Okay. Uh, but the one response was a good one. Uh, and I was able to find out uh, about the manufacturers repping a business, uh, which to me was totally foreign. I had no, never heard of a manufacturer's rep before. And, uh, but I then got in contact with the uh, principal of that particular agency and, uh, I started, uh, my career, uh, graduated from college in, uh, in uh, May and I started working in June <laughs> so, awesome. That's great. Uh, and with, with no spaces in between. Uh, and, uh, from there I wound up, uh, owning my own manufacturer's rep company mm-hmm. in the consumer electronics space and had a, a number of very high-profile manufacturers that I represented in upstate New York. Um, and uh, fortunately, upstate New York was not the greatest market. Uh, a lot of customers uh, consolidated and went elsewhere, and so the buying offices were few and far between. And uh, I then took my first position on the manufacturing side and became one of the founders of a company called Digital Innovations, mm-hmm. which manufactured a device called the Skip Doctor, mm-hmm. which... Uh, for those of you that are old enough to remember, when there were CDs, uh, they, were, uh, they would get scratched. I see. And uh, unfortunately, when they get scratched, they would skip. And uh, uh, this particular product uh, was able to repair damaged CDs and, uh, and DVDs when they were scratched. 
That's and awesome. just as a little uh, an aside, uh, that particular product became so popular. Uh, Best mm -hmm. Buy was a, a significant customer for us. Oh, cool. uh, so much so that uh, when I started selling them the Skip Doctor, uh, the people and uh, the buyers and some of the other departments said, mm, I want my own. Mm. So I had to come out with several different iterations of, in essence, what was the same product. Wow. We had the DVD doctor for the DVD buyer, and we had the game doctor for the game buyer, and I had the photo doctor for the photo. So it became seven different SKUs, That's all cool. essentially the same product, yeah. uh, but they were then merchandised in several different departments, and we went on to do several million dollars in business just with Best Buy. That's awesome. Uh, that company was uh, uh, VC, uh, uh, actually angel funded, um, and uh, the uh, uh, there was a change of uh, of management structure, uh, and then I went on to uh, uh, do some consulting work. And one of my clients was a company who, at the time, was known as Neat Receipts, mm -hmm. now known as the Neat Company, and they were able to come out with a product that uh, was a scanner software solution for digitizing paper. Mm -hmm. Primarily, uh, the big focus was on uh, automating the expense reporting function, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, was able to uh, take them from uh, zero to about $22 million in a little over four years. Uh, that was VC funded, and uh, they, uh, there was a change of management there, as happens many times. Sure, sure. And uh, from, there, from there, I went back uh, into consulting and got a phone call from a friend who uh, had a uh, friend of his. Uh, who knew of a uh, Chinese manufacturer uh, that uh, wanted to uh, go from being in the commercial business with their bone conduction uh, headphones into the consumer business, but really had no idea on how to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, he reached out to me because he knew that I had a lot of relationships in the consumer electronics business. Mm -hmm. And uh, that started the company Aftershocks, which went on, uh, again, took from uh, zero to a little over $20 million dollars. Uh, in less than five years, and today they're very successful. I had a uh, an agreement with the uh, Chinese manufacturer uh, that uh, this five-year contract that I had, when it came to an end, they would have the option to buy me out, which they did, mm. and uh, that turned out to be very nice. And um, uh, and now I'm back. Uh, I, I did take retirement for about six months, and it mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately was very boring to me. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> so. I've gotten back uh, into the uh, uh, into the consulting business once again, uh, and I, during that time, I also wrote a book uh, called uh, "Don't Be a Schmeckle." And this is the book that really, in terms of what we're going to talk about today, uh, is very apropos because it does take a common sense approach to sales. Um, and as I tell people, unfortunately, common sense is not so common. Yeah, for sure. And uh, and and in, and sometimes people need to kind of recognize that perhaps common sense is the best approach, not just for sales, but really for everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so my book uh, kind of focuses on that, uh, on that approach. That's amazing, amazing story. Uh, you've been selling uh, longer than I've been alive. So, you know, obviously you have some experience. For a lot of people, but again, you know, I try not, you know, when people say to me, they say, uh, Bruce, uh, how long have you been doing this? And now I stop at 30 years. <laughs> because after that, then they start to think I'm too old to have any, no, no. Uh, you know, any sense about me. <laughs> so I no, no, there, there's no, years. there's no alternative to experience. So uh, for the uninitiated, uh, you know, for for people who are not familiar with sales like myself, um, let's start by defining what what is common sense selling versus what is formula selling. So what what are these terms? Uh, how what do you what do you mean by uh, these two terms? 
Well, common sense is, is just what I mean. I, it, you know, to, to, to be successful in sales, um, I really look at selling as it's not so much selling as it is facilitating buying mm -hmm. because you're dealing with somebody and it doesn't really matter what the product is, uh, but it's really about uh, bringing a solution to somebody's attention, the buyer, if you will, mm -hmm. um, and making them aware of the attributes of what it is that you're offering them that's going to provide them with an answer to a question or a product that they're looking for. Yeah. And so rather than taking the approach of having to do a sales pitch, um, it really is a relationship building business mm -hmm. uh, that allows you to find out what it is that that particular individual, that customer is looking for, and then seeing how you fit into providing them with the solution that they want. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. And, and the formula selling yeah. tends to be more apt. You, you, you cannot um, uh, make yourself into something that you're not. Uh -huh. And if, you know, if, if, if you need to go to create, to, to, to uh, learn a formula to do something, I, I really question whether you're going to be very good at it. Uh -huh. It's like uh, somebody wanting to become a, a doctor, but the problem is, is that they can't stand the sight of blood. Yeah. then you know what? Maybe you're not going to be a good doctor. Maybe you should find something else. Mm -hmm. Same is true with sales. If you're not into, if, if you're not a people person, if you don't relate well to people, if you don't enjoy, and this is, I have a chapter in my book about that, about the yeah. passion. If you're not going to be passionate about what you do, perhaps yeah. that's not right, the right path for you to go down. Yeah, for sure. Um, that's, uh, you know, the, that's well said. So passion is uh, very important, but let me ask you one question. You know, we are we our audience is mainly startup founders and bootstrapping. Uh, you know, bootstrapping their businesses. A lot of uh, these folks um, tend to be introverts as well. So, um, uh, you know, even though they are passionate about sales and everything, so uh, do you have any advice about um, you know how they can overcome their own shyness or you know introvert nature and um, and make these relationships? Well, you know, again, I'm sure those entrepreneurs. They're maybe the people that came up with a product idea. I can go back to my experiences, say, with digital innovations. I was not the, the one who designed the product. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's important when you are an entrepreneur and your passion is more product-oriented, but mm -hmm. you're not very um, – you're introverted, as you say. You're not as people-oriented. Um, I think it's wise for you to find somebody who then can be part of your team as a founder yeah. um, who does enjoy that part. And that's what I think it's really about making the team, mm. um, you know, as an individual, everyone has certain skill sets where they're good at certain things and not so good at others. Um, I'm not an engineer. Yeah. Uh, the person who founded digital innovations was a mechanical engineer, yeah. but the marriage of somebody who has that skill set and then my skill set, which is then communicating, uh, with, uh, with people. Um, and uh, being able to present a product uh, to not just the market, but let's face it, you know, from a bootstrapping standpoint, uh, the ability to raise money, whether it's a presentation to, you know, angel investors yeah. uh, or you're going in front of VCs, uh, you need to have somebody who's able to uh, present from a uh, uh, people standpoint yeah, yeah, yeah. the benefits of that product. And then you have the, the, the individual who was the engineer and designed it speak to more of the uh, attributes uh, from the mechanical standpoint of what the product does. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that uh, applies well for sure. Um, you know, generally, uh, what I also advise people: don't think about uh, the what or the how. How are you going to do it? But who who you can contact uh, who can sort of fill in the gaps that you have in your team. So so that's and build the team exactly. exactly. Okay. All right. Yeah. So so let's now talk about some actionable advice. So how can uh, you know one uh, start to sell? Uh, in a common sense way, uh, what are some of the steps or mechanics of uh, one can uh, uh, you know employ to 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 start selling? Well, I think the first thing from a common sense standpoint is when you are dealing with someone, you're wanting to, uh, and again, it depends on what you are selling. Um, I've always been involved in selling uh, a uh, a product that would be. Um, uh, not just a one-off sale. It would be a, uh, a sale that would happen multiple times. Buy product, sell that product, replenish that product. And so there it's more about relationship selling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and building relationships is a common, uh, should be a, a, a common sense approach to building that relationship. You cannot force yourself, you mm-hmm. know, on somebody. Um, and, and really what you're looking to do is you're find, you're, you want to try to find a commonality and interest. And so, and it may take on any number of, uh, uh, you know, shapes and sizes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you both like fishing or maybe you both like, uh, watching football, but to, uh, that, that approach would be more to kind of find out where you have a common interest with the individual that you're speaking to. That mm-hmm. does a couple of things. Number one, it allows you to have a conversation in a, um, unfortunately, you know, sometimes selling can become a little adversarial where, mm-hmm. you know, so some, the person you're selling is looking at you as being uh, almost like the enemy because you're trying to get them to do something that they don't want to do. But that's mm-hmm. not it at all. The common sense approach is how do we find the common ground? How do we find what it is that uh, uh, you want to see accomplished as the buyer and then have the person who is on the other side of the desk presenting to you a solution to what it is that you want to do. And the reason why you're sitting there talking to each other, people yeah, yeah. fail to realize that, uh, um, that pr- the process, the selling process is about uh, finding a solution mm-hmm. for that individual. And I don't care if you're selling insurance, Mm-hmm. or you're selling uh, a, a widget or whatever it may be, if you're sitting across from somebody, clearly they have interest in what it is that you're, you know, wanting to bring to them. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's important that you start to do that by creating a relationship opportunity, even if the relationship may only be for an hour. Mm-hmm. The point is, is that it is a relationship. And I think if people would take that approach, they would find that the success comes more naturally and it's not as so much of a struggle. And quite frankly, you're going to have more successes mm-hmm. because now you're doing it in a way that is comfortable, both for the person that you're dealing with as well as for yourself. That's great. Um, now, uh, you know, one, one uh, typical thing that I hear from uh, accomplished salespeople is about this importance of listening. And I think you're, you know, when you're saying uh, establish a relationship, I think that um, part of listening is, is an important aspect of it, is, isn't it? With, uh, unquestionably. In fact, how can you find out 
what the problem that they're looking to solve, the product that they're looking for, unless you're listening. If you sit down, in fact, a, a, a good salesman is an excellent listener because there's no way for you to determine the best approach to make this presentation to this other individual than to listen and hear what it is that they are actually looking for. Someone who comes into a sales presentation and just immediately goes into their PowerPoint deck yeah. without even establishing a better understanding of what that other individual is looking for mm -hmm. uh, is pretty much a path to not be successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, I, 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 Manoj, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, the listening aspect from a selling standpoint is critical. Awesome. Um, and now, uh, are there any uh, typical questions you tend to ask to extract that knowledge out of your uh, out of your prospect? Um, are there any common techniques you use that you can share? Well, again, I, I, I really hate using the word technique because technique has a very formula sound to it. it has yeah, a yeah. very, uh, you know, like it's a, uh, uh, a there, there's a a science involved yeah, yeah. here. Mm -hmm. and, and really, again, I, I go back to the, I like to think of when I'm going into a presentation that uh, that individual and I are sitting in his or, or her living room yeah, and, and we're, we're, we're having a, uh, you know, a comfortable type of a conversation to discover more about each other. Okay. Uh, it's always good to maybe, you know, if you're having a morning meeting, I bring in a, you know, a couple of coffees and we're sitting there having each having a cup of coffee mm -hmm. uh, and, and just to try to make it because the more comfortable that that environment is, that selling environment is, the greater the likelihood to be successful. So to use, to, to think in terms of technique, mm -hmm. if, if you want to use that word, I think the technique would be the, uh, the getting comfortable with the individual. I have a chapter, for example, in my book that's uh, titled getting comfortable with the uncomfortable uh -huh. because for some people doing that can be uncomfortable and the only way that you can be comfortable in doing it is to do it as Nike says just do it yeah, 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 just and the more often the more often that you do the, the more comfortable you become because it becomes second nature yeah, yeah, and now um, so uh, I, I didn't I didn't mean to use the word technique, but I you know I I think you answered the question. Uh, I was more sort of getting to some some typical approaches that you use. So so thanks a lot for clarifying that. Now um, you said that you have worked typically in uh, you know uh, in products uh, related to consumer yeah. electronics or or uh, something yeah. that needs to be replenished. Uh, but I'm hoping that uh, you know these uh, these uh, these approaches. They work across the board. Like you know, can you can you share some um, something about that? Like, do they work in B two C scenarios, B two B scenarios, um, or, or or are there a typical niches that that uh, you recommend that these uh, these approaches? Should? Absolutely. And again, um, the one area where it probably doesn't work is that you know some of your, your uh, listeners uh, may go to these uh, uh, VC events where <laughs> they'll have fifty. VCs out there and they give you 30 seconds to make your elevator pitch. Yeah, That's yeah. the toughest, toughest pitch of all. Mm. But I think what, again, uh, I'll go back to say, if you're doing that and you only have 30 seconds or maybe a minute to do that, that's where the passion becomes very, very important. And you need to be very concise in what it is. As I like to tell people, if somebody asks you what time it is, don't tell them how to build a watch. Yeah. Yeah. Tell them. So, 
if you have a product that that solves a particular problem, yeah. share what the problem is and say what your solution is to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to have much more time to do it. If you take the other approach, where you know you start to get involved in intricacies and 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 the the, the, the technical attributes, you, not only are you going to lose your listener, but you're probably not going to get invited to make a full blown presentation to that potential. VC. And as I like to tell people, maybe there's 50 VCs in the room, but you only need one. And if you get the opportunity to connect with the one that then will provide the funding you need to bring your product to market, you've been successful. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, Now, uh, you know, you have led multiple sales organizations to multi-million dollar uh, sales. Um, So as uh, the business scales, um, how do you continue to nurture that relationship? How, how do you continue to, uh, you know, to make sure uh, it's, it's, uh, it's growing with the business as well? So I, I think it's very important to recognize that uh, from a growth standpoint, I've always been a believer that um, growing too fast is almost as bad as not growing at all. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I say that is because from a, from a number of different aspects. Uh, cash certainly is true. Many times you can create many, many sales, but you don't have the financial wherewithal to support those sales. Yeah, so yeah. I think it's very important for any business to really plan what their needs are going to be mm-hmm. uh, based upon the growth that they're expecting and to recognize well in advance, particularly when it comes to a product, which may have a long cycle in terms of from the time that you place the order with the manufacturer, or if you're doing the manufacturing yourself, to come out with the finished product, many mm-hmm. times it's 90, 120, 150 days. And in those instances, this has been my experience in consumer electronics, you had to have the wherewithal financially to be able to uh, get those dollars to the manufacturer yeah. for them to go ahead and build your product, and you may not see it for 60, mm-hmm. 90, 120 days. Yeah. So it's very important to plan that growth so you can then scale that business. And if you have a more uh, manageable growth curve, you get into a much stronger position to be able to generate the cash flow to support the business instead of having to accumulate more or to go out and, and, and uh, uh, raise more equity or uh, uh, you know, put more debt on the balance sheet. Not that those are bad things. Those are important things to any business to be able to succeed, mm-hmm. but you need to plan for that. And so um, because you're, you're typically not in a position to turn on a dime when you find that that business is so strong and then you have to go back into, you know, the equity marketplace to raise more money. It's not going to potentially happen as quickly as, you know, your businesses. And so why I say that too fast a growth can be as bad as no growth at all is that you can put yourself in a situation where you've overcommitted yourself. Yeah. And if you want to talk about killing relationships, never want to, uh, you know, overpromise and underdeliver. That's it's right. a very dangerous place to be. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah. yeah. So that's a, that's very good advice. Um, now, uh, how do you, um, how do you put it all together? So, you know, uh, again, you know, going back to the beginning, somebody who's starting off their business, um, how do you, how do you, you know, I guess, uh, put this approach together and accelerate your business slowly, uh, you know, in a, in a sustainable manner. So I think you touched upon a few points there, but, um, in, in the digital world, like, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, um, uh, people in our audience are entrepreneurs who are producing digital products. They are not physical products. 
So any advice related to that on how they can start and start to scale the business in, you know, in, um, in, a, in a sustainable manner? Well, the nice thing about, when, and when you're talking digital product as opposed to a physical product, uh, the scalability, quite frankly, is much easier. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's much easier because you are in a position to, um, uh, you know, if, if it's a, uh, you know, a software product, um, having additional uh, downloads of that software, as long as your server capability uh, can support that, becomes much, much easier than having that long lead time. My mm-hmm. experience, obviously, has always been on the hardware side is the experience. And as a lot of people will say, myself included, hardware is hard. Yeah. And uh, software, um, if you're talking digital-based products, uh, is, is, is an easier um, uh, way to go. But the bigger difference on that side of the equation is that the, 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 the digital side, the software side, because it's a little bit easier, is also that much more competitive. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it is uh, – I, I – I look at uh, uh, at a, a a software or an app or something that is much easier to scale. Um, usually, is more competitive because people tend to look at that because it is easier. Hmm. Okay, let me go after that. So there, it becomes much more critical to become very unique um, to try to do something in a uh, a different way, an easier way uh, that is easily. Uh, where a user interface is going to be much easier, um, uh, or it, or the uh, software itself is going to be that much more powerful than what may be in the market previous. Um, so, you know that that that's really the, the difference to me between uh, between a digital product, software product, and a hardware product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, great. Uh, and now, um, are there any any um, any st- uh, steps or Things that people should avoid while uh, you know while selling or while adopting this common sense selling approach. Something that that that's a no no, and uh, you know you recommend not not doing. Well, um, when we're and, and when we're talking selling and, and talking common sense, I think it's always advisable to put yourself in the shoes of the person that's on the other side of the table. I'll give you a couple of examples. Yeah. yeah. One of the worst things to do is to finally get an appointment. And, and, and as I say, you know, many times half the battle in presenting a product to a prospective buyer is getting the appointment. Mm-hmm. And once you get that appointment, okay, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. Now, what are you going to do with the fact that you now have that appointment? I can tell you one of the worst things to do is to show up late, okay? And yeah. I have, in fact, it's the first chapter in my book is called Lombardi Time. For those who don't know, Vince Lombardi, very famous head football coach uh, for the uh, Green Bay Packers. And he had uh, what was known as Lombardi time. And that meant that if he called a meeting for seven o'clock, you showed up at a quarter of seven. Right. Mm-hmm. And what that does in this and, and, and from a selling standpoint, that's important, because if you have a presentation and you have materials that you need to set up, uh, you're going to do a PowerPoint presentation, you're going to show samples. You want to show up to that meeting 15 minutes earlier, and in that presentation room, before the buyer even gets in there, you want to be set and ready to go. Why? Typically, maybe you're going to have 30 minutes to make that presentation. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to take 10 minutes of that 30 minutes in terms of setting up all your stuff? Because now, that 30-minute appointment is only 20 minutes. 
Yeah. So you want to be able to maximize your time. If, 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 if anybody walks away with anything is to put yourself in the other shoes, be respectful of somebody else's time, because now you're showing yourself as being an advocate for that buyer. And what does that do for you? Well, that means that now there may be other people who have some product that's very similar to what it is that you're selling. Mm -hmm. What are we going to do to break the tie? More often than not, it comes down to the person and the trust element that that other individual has. And, and, and what does he use to base that on? He bases that on the level of respect that you've shown yeah. by being there on time, by having everything at your disposal, by being very prepared and being able to answer questions that may come up in the presentation. I like to tell people that you want to know your competitor as well as you know yourself. Why? Because your ability to be able to know how you fit in to the picture becomes that much more um, uh, valuable mm -hmm. because now the person that you're talking to recognizes that you not only know your product, but you know the product of the other people that he may be talking to. Mm -hmm. In the retail business, which is you know kind of where I, I come from, mm -hmm. I always make it a point that if I'm going to be presenting a product, let's use Best Buy as an example. Mm -hmm. Anybody in the consumer electronics business wants to sell to Best Buy. You want to go into a Best Buy store. You want to go look at what's on the shelf that your competitors are selling. And you want to figure out, okay, how do I fit into this planogram? How do I, what are the, what are the attributes of my product of, compared to some of the other products that are already out there that they're already selling? How can I make the case that this particular product belongs, my product belongs on your shelf yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe it's, you know, at the expense of somebody else's product, or maybe he's given four peg hooks to a single product. I'm yeah. saying, let me have one. I can outperform yeah, what yeah. you were getting out of four with one. But you need to do your homework. You need to be prepared. And so when you go to make that presentation, you can speak from uh, uh, a uh, position of strength because you know what it is that you're going up against. And, and based on my experiences, there isn't a buyer alive who's not going to appreciate the fact that you came in to make that presentation better prepared, perhaps than anybody they've ever seen before, because you're using common sense. The other people who may have gotten in there before, they don't operate that way. Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Um, now, uh, you know, you've been in this game for, for a long, long time. So uh, uh, have you seen anything change uh, in terms of, you know, the tools you use, the approaches you use? Or the way oh that you, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, not the least of which, you know, when I first started out in this business, everything was on paper. Mm. And so if you were doing something, you know, you gave somebody a, a brochure or you get, and now, of course, everything is digital. So, mm. you know, some of the, the, the uh, uh, one of the best tools, you know, everybody would say from presenting is, is PowerPoint yeah, or yeah. something similar. The problem is, is that, you don't want to use PowerPoint and, and the worst thing that anybody wants to hear when you're talking to them and you're making a PowerPoint presentation is you reading from the slide, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So boring. So what you want to do is you just want to use that as an adjunct to what your verbal presentation is going to be. Mm -hmm. And you want to be, and I, and it doesn't matter whether, again, what the product is, it could be a hardware product, it could be a software product. Uh, it could be a one-off sale. The point is, if you know what it is that you're selling, you shouldn't have to be reading from the PowerPoint presentation mm -hmm. that you're giving. So that, that, that's probably one of the biggest differences. And uh, 
you know, I go back <laughs> in time. There are so many electronic uh, tools that mm-hmm. are available. Um, and it's important, I think, for today's salesperson. And really, I think it would be very unusual for someone to not have familiarity with all of those electronic digital tools that are available to make that process uh, better. I didn't, I started out, we didn't have email. Yeah. Uh, you know, when the fax machine came out, that was a big, I'm really dating myself. Yeah. Um, you know, but that was a big deal. But it, it, it is so much easier now to communicate. Just you and I even having this conversation right now yeah, yeah. Uh, on a video presentation was not something that was readily available. And so yeah. if you didn't have the ability to um, uh, make a face-to-face uh, presentation, you didn't have a presentation. But that said, I, I would caution that don't allow these digital tools that are great become a crutch for what to me still represents um, the best way. It's very difficult to build a relationship in it digitally. Yeah, so yeah. don't let it substitute for a face-to-face meeting with somebody. For sure, for sure. Um, yeah. But overall, do you think uh, things have become easier, like selling has become easier because of uh, you know, these, these tools being available and uh, all the technology that is available at our disposal? It has become easier if they're used properly. Uh-huh. It cannot become a substitute for common sense and ways to interact. If you're just going to rely and think that the answer uh, you know, to your situation is going to be, ah, I have a digital tool, I can have a video conference, I can use a PowerPoint presentation. Yeah. Um, don't become too reliant on it. Always still look to, the, the, uh, to relationship selling. And, and whatever that, you know, involves. All right. There, there you go. Uh, so I just wanted to point out uh, to all the people in the audience who are sort of sitting on the sidelines to jump in and, you know, uh, and just go for it, as you said. Um, go for because, it, yes. Because these tools are available and uh, it's easy to get started. All right. Um, and now, is there anything else that I haven't asked you about uh, common sense selling, uh, something that you may want to share with the audience? Well, I think, uh, some things that are important um, uh, in terms of common sense selling and, and actually getting more opportunities to sell is uh, the network that you mm-hmm. create for yourself. Uh, I wrote an article not too long ago for Money Inc. Magazine speaking about uh, kind of what I call a network uh, bank account. Mm-hmm. And it's in, the more people that you meet and the more people that you connect with, the better the likelihood that good things are going to happen from that network. And it may not even be from that person that you met, but it may be from somebody that that person knows. So I I always like to speak um, to, uh, uh, to the ability to, to network. The other thing I always like to speak to is never to stop learning. Here's a guy like me. I've been doing this as I was saying earlier, 30 plus yeah. years, yeah, yeah. but I never stop learning because there's always, and whether it's from a technology standpoint, uh, or um, uh, the ability to know about uh, uh, new things that are happening in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Never, ever stop learning. Always be in, involve yourselves in ways that you can uh, become wiser and smarter tomorrow than you were today. I mm-hmm. think that's a, that's a very important thing for, uh, for people to stay uh, focused on. That's um, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a valuable thing uh, that will pay dividends for you down the road. 
Sure. That's very well said. Thank you so much, Bruce, uh, for this fantastic interview. I'm sure uh, everybody in the audience got a lot yeah. of value out of it. Can you talk about your yeah, company? Sure. And so the you- book is called, yeah, the book has a very humorous title. It's called Don't Be a Schmeckle. Uh-huh. And the Schmeckle has a multiple meanings for, you know, it's a Yiddish word. Uh, it means a couple of things. One, it means is a, uh, uh, is a penis. But it also means <laughs> when somebody gets a Schmeckle, they're not a smart person, uh, maybe bordering on being an idiot. So mm-hmm. the point is, when you talk common sense, you don't want to be the schmeckle. You want to be the mm-hmm. smart guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the book itself, uh, I mentioned a couple of the chapters, but basically it speaks to all the different ways that uh, you can help yourself use common sense um, to, uh, to sell. Because it's, it's the little things that you do that makes a difference and separates you from your competitors. So available on, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, et cetera, et cetera, online. And uh, I would highly recommend that if you have interest in common sense selling, that this can become a very good read for you. And it's not just for the new person who's out there selling. It's also for people that have been out there for a while. Maybe they need to sharpen their skills a little bit. I think this will help them great. That's awesome. I'll I'll get a link for, for that book, uh, Amazon link, and then I'll put that in the show notes so that uh, people can. I'd appreciate that. And Thank um, you very much. you also want to talk about your company, uh, PH Advisors? Uh, do you want to? Sure. So PH, PH Advisors is a uh, business acceleration company. Mm-hmm. And what I do, you know, we were talking earlier about somebody who's out there, has a brilliant mind a passionate engineer, but needs to be able to say, all right, how do I take this product and bring this product to market? Mm-hmm. I've done this successfully for many, many years, and my company, PH Advisors, does that. My website tells more about me. It has some uh, uh, talks about some of the successes that I have. It's mm-hmm. uh, phadvisors.com. And uh, if uh, you know people are looking for uh, someone to assist them to help their business get jump-started, uh, I'm always happy to assist. Awesome. That's great. And do you work with, um, you know, uh, people who are just uh, starting off, like, you know, may, may not have a lot of funding or, or is it a certain I do. company? What I've done, um, in fact, I'm, I'm very active in my uh, trade association, the uh, Consumer Technology Association, okay. and I'm a mentor. And what typically we do, we provide uh, for other members who are new businesses, we provide them 30 minutes of no charge mentorship. Awesome. Um, and uh, and there's so many different ways. If they don't have a lot of funding, uh, it could be an equity play. Uh, it could be a deferred uh, payment play or a mix of both. So there's always flexibility involved in terms of putting a program together for a, uh, for a new company. My business has always been focused on startup companies. So I'm very used to, uh, to doing that. Awesome. That's great. Thank you so much, Bruce. Uh, it has been a pleasure having you on this show. Thank you so much. Pleasure to talk to you and to your, uh, to your viewers and listeners. Thank you, Manoj. So again, I'm Manoj Agarwal, and thanks a lot for joining us on Bootstrapping Your Dreams show. And now, if you are an existing or an aspiring technology entrepreneur, then I invite you to check out my new online workshop, Bootstrapping Your Tech Startup Dreams. Go to go.tetranoodle.com slash boot hyphen podcast and sign up for free. I want to make sure more successful and sound decisions are made every day in your tech projects. Let's start finding solutions to your problems. So go to go.tetranoodle.com slash boot hyphen podcast and I look forward to helping you with your tech startups.